The response to the Hellblade 2 trailer during the Game Awards of 2023 has been unexpected from my perspective. As a huge fan of Hellblade, this is the second time a trailer for the game has left gamers in a critical or unsatisfied state. Meanwhile, I have enjoyed every look at the game that we've seen up to now, but I am seeing criticism from more than just would-be haters who refuse to give Xbox any credit. I'm seeing fans of Hellblade say the gameplay looks clunky or bad, while also claiming that the graphics seem to have been downgraded from the earliest showings. This sent me down a rabbit hole looking at changes from the first Hellblade 2 gameplay showcase all the way up to now, but I also went and looked at the original Hellblade 1 trailer on the Xbox YouTube channel, and what I found was honestly encouraging. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video, that way you don't have to go looking for it. It's a longer video because it is a live stream. After I do sort of my opening monologue, I then discuss it with the live audience, so be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button, and don't forget the like button that way you won't miss out on my content now that we can say Hellblade 2 is officially coming out in 2024 thanks to the latest trailer my excitement about the game was soon pushed back on many people thought the latest trailer from Hellblade 2 looked bad and many have been quite critical of it while I admit that I have a very strong bias in support of the game given that the first game is one of my all time favorites and I've played it roughly four times I was struggling to see why folks were being so critical so during a members only stream I pulled up all the trailers and I compared them. I also pulled up the Hellblade 1 trailer on the Xbox YouTube channel, and I gotta tell you, those who are being critical or saying it looks bad, I think that they're wrong. They are either unfamiliar with the first game, or maybe they haven't played it in a while, but also it feels like they are being overly critical of the graphics. So first, I want to walk through what exactly happened. The trailer debuted during the Game Awards of 2023, and I had my own reaction, but my live stream in the public had a very different one. Secondly, I want to summarize the reactions and what I've seen out there. I have seen, you know, I've had back and forth with some people, and, you know, I, I even looked at this and was like, it's a two and a half minute long trailer, like, why is there so much response and reaction? Lastly, I want to give you my own thoughts, okay? I, I've, I've got my own opinions about the marketing of this game in particular, but I also want to discuss what I discovered in the earlier Hellblade 2 trailers along with the Hellblade 1 trailer. So up first, what happened? Well, the Game Awards of 2023 featured a lot of trailers and surprise announcements. As a big fan of Hellblade, I was thrilled to see a trailer that seemed, in my opinion, to focus on gameplay. Admittedly, the trailer has a lot of quick cuts and edits, but it seemed to be a direct response to the last trailer that they released. Over the summer at the Xbox Showcase, they released a gameplay trailer that was mostly cinematic story sections. It was sort of a long, drawn-out section with Senua interacting with sort of an audio sequence where she was talking to somebody. But Hellblade's a very different game, so I enjoyed that trailer as much of the gameplay experience is moments where Senua is just interacting with somebody, a story element or something in her head, and then you experience sort of this visual or audio stimuli. Now, I will admit, however, that my love for the game has made me enjoy both the summer trailer and the newer trailer maybe a lot more than others so this trailer is a lot of Senua walking through different areas fighting hiding and the introduction of a male character who seems to fight alongside of her at times or at least there's going to be a point in the story where he joins you for something there's also a lot of classic zoomed in sequences that focus on Senua's face my reaction was excitement after being glued to my screen for 150 seconds I saw great detail in Senua's face with eyes skin 
texture, water, lighting. I saw new combat moves as she was swinging one-handed and even had what looked like a timed second swing. Maybe they've added new mechanics to the fighting. Now, I saw blocks. I saw dodges. I saw intense lighting and graphics throughout the combat sequences. But then I saw my posts on Twitter getting a lot of negative feedback. Folks telling me that they must have watched a different trailer and that the gameplay looked bad and that the graphics looked downgraded. So let's talk about that. What has been the reaction to this trailer? The first and most common piece of feedback I am seeing, it could be paraphrased or summarized by somebody saying it looks bad or clunky. My pushback on this is twofold. First, the cuts in the edits are part of the problem here. I admit the approach to the trailer was not the best, but the second aspect of this criticism seems to be a lack of familiarity with the first game, or maybe it's just been a while since folks played. I myself forgot about this, but we're going to talk about that in a minute when we look at the Hellblade 1 trailer and how it reminded me about the flow of the combat and the Hellblade 2 trailer is right in line with the first game's combat fluidity and flow this leads to another piece of feedback that I saw it looks no different than the first game I'm seeing people say that about the combat specifically not really the graphics to say that it doesn't look better than the first game graphically I think would be you know ignorant (laughs) it wouldn't be an accurate assessment of what we're looking at I do find this to be a bit odd. Why would we care that the combat looks similar to the first game? I pushed back in this exchange I had with somebody on Twitter over this, and I said, well, what about God of War Ragnarok? What about Horizon Forbidden West or even Spider-Man? These are games where their base level combat and movement was largely the same as the previous games. I think this is especially true in God of War Ragnarok. I was told that, well, the combat in the first Hellblade was awful, so this game should be seeking to make it better. So it was less about the fact that the combat hadn't changed all of a sudden now the goalposts were moving and oh well the first game's combat was awful well I, I sort of pushed back on that and I said well that's a subjective opinion and you know this is a common argument tactic where somebody states their opinion as fact as far as I can tell that sentiment is not shared by those who have actually played and reviewed the game it currently has a 91% on Steam after 50,000 reviews and it has a 90% on the Xbox store after 6.5,000 reviews so it's holding a very solid 90% across two different platforms where it resides so the users don't seem to agree with the idea that the combat in the first game was terrible was it more basic sure was it not that challenging yes I, I would never argue that the combat was incredibly you know nuanced and deep in the first Hellblade game now I never want to tell anybody That they played a game wrong, but it feels like a lot of people approach the first game in the wrong way. Some games do not heavily focus on depth and variety in certain aspects. So if you come looking for that, you're going to be disappointed, and then you'll wrongfully conclude that the game is bad or low in quality. Expecting Hellblade to have a thorough and substantive combat system is not in line with how the game is built. Some games offer you very limited moves or attacks and very limited weapons, and that's okay. Now, I did see a lot of people saying also that the game looks amazing and I was I was in agreement with these people obviously this devolves very quickly into console warring and fighting yes a lot of the people praising it are big Xbox fans they're excited I would be excited if we were finally getting a game that we had been waiting for for a really long time on any system like I was really excited when we finally got to see the new Zelda for the Nintendo Switch so there's nothing wrong with being excited about a game for the platform maybe where you spend the most time now I was seeing people push back and claim that oh people were only praising it because it's an Xbox game 
I get called a Sony pony all the time, and I cannot wait for this game. I was in the trenches defending it on Twitter, you know, if that tells you anything. And I absolutely love this game. I'm, I'm really, really hopeful that it turns out to be as amazing as I think that it looks. And there's also people pushing back and saying, well, you're only criticizing it because it's not on PlayStation. Nobody said that to me because I've not been critical, but there were people saying that. Like, a lot of people being critical are, you know, pretty token PlayStation fans. That aspect of this is pretty tiring. I think there is plenty to praise in this trailer. Well, I think you can also leave room for different perspectives, given how dark and highly edited the trailer is, right? That's my take, is that the gameplay is gritty and it's awesome, but I get why many might disagree. In that vein of what it looks like in its appearance, I am seeing people say that the graphics look degraded, and what they mean is from the first time that we saw it, okay? I'm going to talk more about this in the section where I did some research and I looked at the old trailers, but no, I think this is just flat out wrong. I'm not seeing any signs of degradation since the first showing. If anything, I actually think it looks better, and I'm going to talk about why. The next piece of feedback is both a question and a criticism. People are asking about... How is there still no release date? Okay, this is one of the things I think is fair given how long ago the game was announced. But I also have tried to tell folks time and time again this game only entered full production at some unknown time after the middle of 2021. So again, I understand saying, why don't you have a release date or even a release window yet? They didn't, you know, say fall or winter of 2024. I, for one, hope that they delay this game if it needs more time. Ninja Theory is a smaller team with only about 120 employees, so I certainly hope they are not being rushed by the Xbox game cadence that Phil Spencer really wants. If this game launches and it's not ready, I'm going to lay that at Phil Spencer's feet. I'm going to lay that at Xbox's feet. I'm not going to put that on Ninja Theory. I'm going to say, listen, you pushed a small team to shove a game out too early. We knew they hadn't entered full production in the middle of 2021, so quality is a concern that I have for this game Xbox wants to push one big game per quarter and they want that to be at quality that's Phil Spencer's words I'm worried that will be tough for some studios and we may get results like we saw with Jedi Survivor as that game hit too early because we know Disney wanted a new Star Wars game every six months so I really hope Xbox doesn't fall into the same trap lastly I wasn't the only one that was excited about this many were celebrating that this was gameplay on an Xbox Series X I still hope that they can manage to get a solid 60 FPS because it does look graphically intensive and there is a lot of lighting that they're using in a lot of these environments I will say that usually the Hellblade environments are smaller and more contained so hopefully that helps if they went bigger and grander with some of the landscapes, biomes or areas that we're going to be it might struggle with frames per second it would be great if Xbox finally had a game other than Forza Horizon to show off how strong the Xbox Series X really is and Hellblade 2 could certainly be that game so that's all the different responses that I was seeing. There was console warring and there was bickering, but generally speaking, there was sort of two viewpoints that centered on graphical degradation as well as the fact that there was this sort of clunkiness 
to it. So what do I think? Well, the first thing I really want to drive home is that Hellblade is a very, very tough game to market. It is not just some combat focused action game. Okay. If a trailer focused heavily on that, I think that would set a bad expectation. And the more that I tried to argue this in a member stream, the more it became clear to me that Hellblade is a difficult game to even describe. The description on Steam reads as follows. This is for the very, very first Hellblade game. It says, From the makers of Heavenly Sword, Enslaved Odyssey to the West and DMC, Devil May Cry, comes a warrior's brutal journey into myth and madness. Set in the Viking Age, a broken Celtic warrior embarks on a haunting vision quest into Viking Hell to fight for the soul of her dead lover. Okay, that's the description of the game. They're not like, this is an action adventure game or an action RPG or whatever. They're just like, nah, yeah, it's, it's dark, twisted vision quest to go get your dead lover from hell. Okay, that's how they describe the game. The popular tags on Steam are atmospheric, psychological, and female protagonist. So as I said, this is a difficult game to describe or categorize, which makes marketing it a bit of a challenge. Like, this drove me to say, okay, how do they market the first Hellblade? So I go back and I look at the Hellblade 1 trailer, and in very similar fashion, the vast majority of that trailer was focused on Senua Wall walking around, intense zoom-in shots of her face, and then there was mere seconds allocated to combat, like one little sequence where she swung her sword and then some slow-motion shots. That was it, okay? Once again, it was a quick shot on the action, I'm, I'm sorry, on the combat. It was not the focus. This was also where I noticed something that I had forgotten. I haven't played the game in a while. I've played through it three or four times, but typically I play through it once a year. Just haven't gotten around to it the last couple of years, okay? I've been kind of busy doing other things, but I forgot about this, okay? There are these sort of strange three-frame pauses in the Hellblade 2 trailer. If you watch the sequences where she is fighting... Anytime she lands a hit on the enemy with her sword, if you pause the game and you do a frame by frame, there is a three frame pause where she connects and it's almost as if the game hitches or stops. It does the exact same thing in the Hellblade 1 trailer. You have to look closely. Again, you got to pause and you got to frame by frame. There's the arrow keys, the the comma and the period key where those little brackets, those arrows are. You can use those to go back and forth by one frame in a YouTube video if you pause it. So you can do this to test it. You can see what I'm talking about. Well, what this is, is this a game mechanic. Some games do this to accentuate when you land a hit to communicate timing or successful hits. But given how dark and quick the cuts are in the Hellblade 2 trailer, many interpreted these slight pauses as clunky or bad. Again, I get it. I don't think this trailer was put together all that well. But then I looked at the infamous Hellblade 2 trailer where they attacked this giant guy in the cave. And many of us thought that that trailer looked too good to be true. Apparently, one of the members of the audio team at Ninja Theory has insisted that it's real gameplay. It was somebody at the studio playing. Now, I will say, however, the latest gameplay compared to that trailer looks much better. And people don't agree with me on this, but the original trailer where they were on that beach and throwing spears, and it's very cinematic and they're like running away, 
it's it's very stylized and the new trailer is much less stylized Senua looks more cemented into the world and less of this almost green screen or copy paste into the scenery effect that's present in that first gameplay trailer I just I just doesn't necessarily feel like she's there in the world in that original trailer in this trailer it looks far more organic the lighting again there's no weird outline around her character it feels significantly better looking than that trailer okay i think the darker and the grittier look combined with all the quick cuts and the edits really hurt this trailer but the last thing i need to weigh in on is the lack of a release date okay i okay I, this is the one part where you're going to get some agreement with me about this okay many of the games and the trailers of the Game Awards gave us a release date or a release window. I admit it's strange to announce a game coming in 2024, and it's December of 2023, so we're basically into the next year, and you don't have even a window or a month yet. I remember we were discussing this (laughs) as we came into this year. I said, listen, Starfield's not making it in the first half of the year, even though that's what they promised. I had people disagreeing with me up one side and down the other. I was like, if you don't know the release date yet, and it's this early in the year, I said the same thing with Forza Motorsport. Forza Motorsport was a part of the Xbox Direct in the beginning of this year, and they didn't have a release date. And I said, it's not going to make it first half. It's another one of many games that isn't going to make good on that promise and I got a ton of disagreement and those both those games ended up being outside of the first half of the year okay in similar fashion it does seem a little strange to be on the cusp of 2024 and you're like yeah our game's coming out in 2024 it's like you don't you don't know the quarter of the year you can't say fall winter summer you you can't even give us that or a month okay I'm not saying that this is a concern for the game itself, but this really, really reminds me of the Xbox 2022 showcase. I really hope Xbox has not been speaking out of turn. I hope they're not pushing Ninja Theory to adhere to some timeline that's not feasible. Phil said in the past he wants teams to own their dates. And I really hope that that is true because this is one of my most anticipated games. In general, I am still very much looking forward to Hellblade 2. And maybe as we get into 2024, they could show us more gameplay. Maybe something like an extended look, like let her walk up to an area and fight, no cuts, to really put to bed some of the worry and the criticism, okay? Maybe even give us a hard release date. They could kick off the year with something like they did this year. I thought that was a great win uh, for Xbox when they did that developer direct. I would love to hear directly from ninja theory and maybe get an extended look at this game but that's just what i think now i want to know what you think so let me give you my thoughts and my conclusions here before we sort of jump into the live discussion Debates about gameplay and trailers are always subjective, and this time it's really hard to see just how much platform allegiance is playing a role in the overarching discussion. I generally think that if this game were on PlayStation, if this was a PlayStation's title, some of the input and the feedback would be different, okay? And I can give you an example. With how strongly many people disagreed with me about Rise of the Ronin not looking that good, some of those same people think that the Hellblade 2 trailer looks bad. And I gotta tell you, if you put Hellblade 2 next to Rise of the Ronin, it's really easy to see which game is better looking, which game has higher level fidelity graphics, which game has better lighting, okay? So some of you guys are out here really defending Rise of the Ronin, and then you want to turn around and act like Hellblade 2 doesn't look good, 
you suspect. I, I don't I don't trust your input because I know their art style's different. I know they're different types of games, but to strongly defend Rise of the Ronin while being overly critical critical of Hellblade 2, it feels like that's more about platform allegiance than just being a gamer who's assessing the quality of a game from gameplay looks in a trailer. Secondly, my bias may be playing a part here, right? I'm defensive of Senua, I'm defensive of Hellblade. I get it. I try to own that. But after looking at the trailers, including the Hellblade 1 trailer, my confidence in the game actually went up. The lingering concern I have is with respect to the release date. I feel they show this game way too early, and they're just now setting it up, I think, to potentially launch too early as well. My conclusion is this. Hopefully, the reaction to this trailer is mostly genuine. I can see both sides. Why somebody might think it looks bad. Okay, these sequences right here, especially where it's dark and it's red, it's really hard to tell what's going on. But this is something Hellblade does. It puts you in very stylized and grotesque environments. There are other environments where she's in where there's plenty of lighting and you can see very clearly, and I think they look just as good. So again, I'm not concerned, but I can understand why somebody might think it doesn't look that good, right? They might think that it looks kind of bad. I just hope that that dialogue can die down once the game comes out. Hellblade has the potential to be a very strong showcase for Xbox. Something that isn't just some in some neat category, but it's its own thing, right? It, it, it would really be, I think, a win for them to say, hey, we got a really unique game over here. You can't get anywhere else. Oh, and it's also graphically very strong, and it can show off the power of the Series X, okay? After the dust on this discussion settles, it will still be one of my most anticipated games of 2024. So, those are my my thoughts now i want to turn to the audience and see what you have to say so that's the show open this is a personal one for me i have a dog in this fight okay Uh, this uh, this is one of my most anticipated games and i was glued to the screen and i was like oh my gosh Why is there me being so critical about this? I was really shocked when I went to Twitter, and I really think that there's so much platform allegiance going on that's really driving a lot of the criticism. So, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome into Input Delay, the daily talk show on Reforge Gaming. I'm your host, Lono, and I want to chop this one up with you. I want to show you guys the Hellblade 1 trailer because I really think that cements the discussion for me it really does it's like that's that it's such an awkward game to market it's an awkward game to try to put into a category right it is i think that's one of the difficulties and one of the challenges that they're facing and i think it's one of the reasons that we're seeing you know some people look at the trailers and they're like what is this game like the last time over the summer when people were like just show us gameplay and i was like guys that was gameplay that's what you do in hellblade it's like none of you have played it or something is what it feels like some of the times <laughs> anyways sneaky wolf starts us off right with the first gifted member of the day thank you so much you are the best let me get the let me get the member thing out here in frame we are currently sitting at a little over 2,000 members. You guys spiked up on Friday, and it was awesome. And uh, we hit, like I think, like 2,200. We are, we are at like 2,067, I think was the count, this morning. So let's get that back up. If you guys can get to 2,500 by the end of the week, this Friday night will be a community game night, and we... We will, we will, uh, we will have that with you guys. That'll be for members. It'll be me. It'll be Hilly. The return of Hilly hijinks is Friday night. So make sure you guys are here for that. Rise of the Rowan looks like crap. Uh, and 
Hamstead looks worse than Wolong. I'm not sure what you mean in Hamstead. Um, I think the issue with Rise of the Ronin is it's a stylization thing, but the fact that people were so strongly defending Rise of the Ronin, I was like, if you're going to defend that game, why are you being so critical of Hellblade 2? Like, Hellblade 2 looks awesome. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. It just, it seems like we're using different criteria for one game than the other. We're like, well, it's a stylization thing. I'm like, okay, in Hellblade, there's literally an entire level where you can't see in the first game because you're just using audio to get through. It's terrifying. It feels like you're somewhat wearing a blindfold, right? So, like, if you're going to... If you're going to go to Rise of the Ronin and say, oh, it's a stylization choice, and it's like, okay, some of these areas and in, in, in sequences in Hellblade 2, it's like bloody, gory, red filtered. It's not going to be like that the whole time. You can see from the trailer that it's not going to be like that the whole time. She's walking on beaches and through like foresty areas. It's like, and it looks great. Joker Quinn with a gifted member. Thank you so, so much. Get that member count back up. Thank you, boys, for kicking off the days with those singles. Eugene says it's not been marketed for four years and it doesn't have a date. That's the one thing I will let on the table every time. I will. People being persnickety about the graphics and the lighting and stuff. I'm like, ah, you're, you're being overly critical. But the release date thing... I think is a completely valid criticism. I've got another ripped apparel shirt on. Let's get the uh, let's get the timer going so the scene switches here. There you go, guys. Remember, you can go to bitly forward slash ripped. It's the shirt command in chat. I will. Uh, I'll also just add that. I keep forgetting to add that to the description. It's we we're not always wearing or promoting their stuff. And I've got some more shirt uh, shirts and apparel uh, this week for you guys that we'll be uh, we'll be showcasing. Yo, what's good, feed? Good to see you in the chat. Hellblade just doesn't do it for me. Um, oh, and by the way, I finally have some some actual, you know, Re- Reforge Gaming uh, merch. This is available on Reforge Roast. It can do hot and cold drinks. And let me do the test, okay? Let me see if it's still hot. Oh, okay. It's actually still hot. Yikes, I took too big of a drink. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot cooler by now. Okay, so I put the coffee in here over an hour ago. Still 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 piping hot which I'm impressed because I use a Yeti and that's why I use a Yeti I'm more of a slow coffee drinker I don't guzzle it right you know I'm not some some war veteran who just gulps it down you know have you ever been around a guy like that these older guys drink coffee like it's nothing I can't do that I've always been a slower coffee drinker and so that's a that's a pretty good endorsement of this product and whatever brand that they use I'm not sure but really really nice quality and it also comes with a metal straw if you uh, if you want to use that for you know cold drinks DK beggar with another gifted member these guys are the single gifted champs man sneaky wolf and DK beggar and Joker Quinn and Eugene says you lose people's grace by marketing for four years and not having a date. Do you know what this reminds me of, Eugene? It reminds me of what happened with No Man's Sky. That's what it reminds me of. It's like, are we are we in this weird phase now where we're going to we're going to market a game way too early, announce a game way too early, and then what happens is people get like 
I don't know if it's overly critical because they're impatient. Like, I feel like that's what you're driving at is like, well, they're losing their patience because, you know, it's been marketed for too long. So they're being overly critical. I mean, I, I, I would be open to hearing that as an argument more so than the people that are like, it looks graphically degraded. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It looks better than that first showing. Xcal with 19 months and a VIP says Hellblade 2 looks good. Thank you, sir. And Ice Queen Gaming comes in with seven months of memberships. Thank you so much. Welcome back. Hellblade 2 definitely looks like something. Well, what do you mean? Are you one of the people that you you don't think it looks good? I want to hear from the people who don't think it looks good, and I want to know what you're talking about. Like, let's just watch the Hellblade 1 trailer that we found. It's I'm telling you, this is a difficult game to market okay so here we are this is on the official xbox channel this is a this is the this is the trailer from uh from hellblade one i want you to notice it's so similar to the trailer that we got during the game awards all footage captured directly on xbox one x which is the same way they opened the new one except now it's the series x instead of the one x so here we are again not gonna get a bunch of like oh here's her fighting and this is gameplay by the way you are experiencing this it's a seamless game so all of the sequences you're staring at right here are yes it's a scene yes it's a cinematic but you're often a part of it you're controlling her camera pulls away loops around and then you're looking at her face you're looking at a sequence like this you're supposed to wear headphones when you play this game you're experiencing what it is to have psychosis it is an immersive it's an immersive art form i think the way that they use the scenes and and everything in this game now here's the deal you have to understand something this game never really cuts all that often so you'll walk into a room you'll fight some guys walk up to a door the camera will then start panning around you and doing stuff okay so it's not a game It's not a traditional style game where you're like going on missions and getting in fights and speaking to an NPC and then going back out on missions. It's more of an experience than a game, which I think you're noticing. Notice notice the trailer, okay? Notice the trailer. Where's all the raw gameplay? This is all, in my estimation, kind of their version of raw gameplay. These are things you experience in the game when you're playing it's a part of how they tell the story it's a part of how they immerse you in the game you're noticing this is all very similar to the marketing for hellblade 2 because i think it's a very very difficult game to market okay you're you're not getting all these amazing long drawn out action sequences you're getting a lot of her you're getting a lot of the cinematic you're getting a lot of the the major story beats which if you played the game you know what a lot of these moments are if you've never played the game then you won't really know so here you're going to get a very brief moment of action all right she's like she's ready to go she's ready to fight back she's ticked off and you're going to get very very brief action right here that's a real fight that's a real fight and that's pretty much it that's some guy smacking her and then they're you're going to get some slow motion coming up that's not at all how the game's action plays like right here that's her fighting but they've just slowed it down just to be artistic and that's it that's all you get so we've been watching this entire trailer this three minute long trailer and that's it that's all you get of the fighting okay virtually not any different at all from how they're marketing Hellblade 2 and so that's why I'm not concerned I'm like 
this is a difficult game to market. Combat's not the focus. And I'm very familiar with Hellblade's combat. So the new combat looks better. I, it looks like I've got new moves. It looks like I have new things I can do. It even looks like maybe I have new weapons I can use. I'm not just going to be two-handing a sword the whole time. Why is the game presented 21.9 aspect on console? I'm not sure. You'd have to ask them why they decided to do that. I'm French pressing my first cup of Reforged Dark Rose. Yo, Rude Gaming, let us know if you like it. Let people in the chat know if it's any good. Guys, remember, we have three flavors of uh, Reforged Roast right now, and you can get a bit of a discount if you do the triple threat. You can try all... Uh, you can try all three flavors, but right now the big push is the one coming around the green one there, the Frickmas blend. That's our holiday blend. Limited run, our most successful or i would say it's our most popular coffee anytime it's available eugene says this is just absurd he says they don't need to market it that's the problem it's a sequel it's on game pass it's a known quantity last year uh maybe even this year should have been the first time we saw it right and the difficulty with that criticism eugene's is like well what do you want them to do what do you want them to do you know cats out of the bag the cat's out of the bag. They they pulled the trigger, and I don't know why they pulled the trigger. Okay, let's actually go all the way back and theorize something, Eugene. We know that in 2022, Xbox felt the vacancy of the year, and what did they do? They pushed to have a showcase to essentially push, hey, here's everything coming in the next 12 months. It's hard not to think... That the reason this game was marketed too earlier, or it was marketed too earlier and shown to us too early, is again because Microsoft or Xbox was like, hey, push that game out. We really need to announce it, right? I want to know who pulled that trigger. Because if Ninja Theory pulled the trigger, then it's their fault. It's like you guys should not have announced this game if it wasn't going to come out for a very long time. Now, I want to defend Ninja Theory. I even want to defend Xbox because in 2019, we had not shifted yet to small release windows. Back then, you would hear about a game and you wouldn't see it for four or five years. That was pretty normal. So them announcing Hellblade 2 in 2019 and thinking in their minds, well, yeah, we'll launch this in five years. That was very common for marketing back then. The marketing window shift didn't start happening until after um, 2020. So I think it's a little unfair to expect both Xbox and Ninja Theory to have adjusted their marketing in 2019 to what we've grown accustomed to now. Like, we've adjusted and we're like, yeah, this is totally fine. This is a completely legitimate way to market things. And, uh... And then then expect them to be doing that already. I think back then that was very common. Go back to 2019. What else was announced in 2019? State of the K3. We haven't heard or seen or or they haven't said a word about State of the K3. Wasn't that in 2019 when they had that reveal trailer? I feel like in 2019, they were doing that. They were doing casting a long vision, you know, didn't wasn't isn't 2019 the year where they announced like a ton of games or am I thinking of the wrong year? It wasn't just Xbox like everybody was announcing games in 2019. Wasn't was when was Wolverine announced? Um, Derek says, Lono, are you also experimenting with how the stream's notifications works? This is the first time maybe ever I didn't get a YouTube ping or a Discord ping. Um, there was a Discord ping. There was an at everyone in the Discord, and 
I, I didn't change anything with noties, so... You're saying State of Decay's done it right. Okay, so you're saying if you announce that far back, then just say nothing and go quiet. That's what you're saying. Fair enough for the past, but last week, unacceptable in my mind to not have a date or at a minimum seasonal window. Okay, so you're still more being critical about the fact that they don't have a release date or a release window. That's your main issue. That's your main frustration, is that if you're finally going to come out it's been four years, give us a release date, right? When was Avowed announced? I I don't remember. Wolverine in 2025? Yeah, I don't think we're getting Wolverine next year. Okay, Wolverine was 2020, that's right. Okay, so according to Eugene's argumentation, he would say that's fine. He would say they announced Wolverine in 2020 and they haven't said anything since. And I, I bet you he would argue, knowing how he's arguing right now, he would argue and say, when they finally talk about Wolverine or give us a trailer, they better give us a dadgum release date. That would be his argument. Erodimus says, I think Hellblade 2 got delayed about two years because of the sickie. This game needs a lot of mocap and everybody was sent home. I think that's really, really helpful insight because, yes... So much of this game's artistry centers around motion capture and Melina Jurgens and the rest of the cast, and they had an entire year to a year and a half where you couldn't do any of that work. I think we need to. I think we need to be accepting of that as maybe like a hey, we're a smaller team, and I don't know all the groundwork we were supposed to do with Melina and the rest of the cast. We couldn't do. Everybody was at home. You can't do facial mocap wearing a mask. It doesn't work, right? You, you, that's they really go for intense sequences with her face and with and with uh, and with the other guy in the thing. I wonder if that's supposed to be Dillian. I wonder if she finds Dillian or successfully brings him back. I wonder who that is. Avowed, amongst other, were released in the same time. State of K three, Fable was another. Yeah. I, I think what Erotimus brings up is an excellent point. I wonder if so much of this game got pushed back, and then what are they supposed to do? Go back and be like, yeah, sorry we showed the game too early. You know, this horrible situation happened. Now again, Eugene's going to say, that's fine. I accept that. I accept that the, the game probably got pushed back, but why don't we have a release date? Why don't we, why don't we know when the game is coming? I think that's fair. I do. I think that that's. I think that's fair to say. Like, hey, you guys, you guys, this is this is a concern. Is this game even going to come out next year? Because like, that's the first thing. That's the first thing that I thought of was, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you're going into 2024 and you can't even say, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter, the only thing I'll leave room for is. Maybe they would like to do a, like a surprise drop of this, like, and it comes out next week or something. I don't think that works for big titles like this, though. I was thinking of all the potential pushbacks that somebody might argue right now. Like, if they're like, "No, it's fine. We don't have a release date," you know. I thought, well, maybe somebody will argue that, like, "Oh, Xbox can shadow drop it." Well, you can't really shadow drop a game that we already know about. You, you can, but you can't, right? You can surprise us and be like, it's available right now. 
I don't think that works for a game like Hellblade. I don't. I think that a, a big game like that, where you can market it well, it has a hundred thousand views on Ninja Theory's channel, it has a quarter of a million views on Xbox's channel. Xbox's YouTube channel trailers usually don't perform that well, and Hellblade's doing quite well for them. I don't think you would just randomly drop it. I think that would be a mistake. They have no idea when it's coming, says Eugene. All the games that got shown before the launch of the next generation, it was uh, fine to see all the IPs getting updates. Drifty says, this game will be 9 hours long and 70 bucks. It'll be 6 hours of cutscenes, making the total game 15 hours long. Well, the only reason I don't like that rigidity of breaking it down, I don't know if you're being, I don't, I'm not sure if you're just being negative or factual or what. I, I don't know what your take is. Like, do you think that's bad or good, Thrifty? The only reason I don't like that level of rigidity is cutscenes in Hellblade aren't typical cutscenes. They're a part of the experience. In, in many games, I'll give an example because I'm still playing Avatar. And, and did you guys see the Digital Foundry videos about Avatar? I told you that game got completely screwed by the review outlets. It is such a beautiful game, such a remarkable game, and it has been absolutely shortchanged by the review outlets. Anyway, I'm still playing it and still loving it. In that game, the cutscenes are merely a break from everything else, and it just allows people to exposit and talk. You know, thank you for turning this in. We can now rebuild this area. Thank you for doing this thing. We can now do the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And so it's like there's this sharp break, and you're standing still, and you're just letting people talk to you about whatever it is that's going on, Okay. I don't like that rigid breakdown for Hellblade because the cutscenes are not just you suddenly taking a break and watching something happen. You're experiencing it along with Senua. So you'll walk into a room and all of a sudden you can't control her anymore and the camera swoops around her and the voices start up and she starts talking and she's emoting, she's angry, she's scared, she's whatever, she lashes out and then you're back in control again. So getting out your stopwatch and being like, that was two minutes of a cutscene, that's not gameplay. Or, well, we're going to add all those cutscenes up and be like, yeah, well, this many hours of the game are cutscenes. You can't do that with Hellblade because Hellblade's not a traditional game. I'm interested to see if the Xbox community has been bashing movie games, will play it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I suppose within that debate and discussion... Folks that have been critical of games that are either on the shorter side or are very cinematically interwoven, if they're like critical of that and they call those quote-unquote movie games, um, would would that them being would they be being hypocritical if they play this and they like this? I actually think they could play this game and like it and say that. It's not the same as God of War Ragnarok or it's not the same as these other games. Uh, it's hard because the, the position that those are just movie games is an illegitimate position. I'm trying to come through them and argue the best I can from that position, but it's such an ignorant position to start with. To call Ragnarok or Forbidden West or Ghost of Tsushima a movie game, it's just so intellectually bankrupt. Like, I can't do it. I like, I can't come from that position and try to argue well because it's just an awful position. It's not based on reality or facts, 
right? It It isn't. Now, I could see somebody saying, hey, Hellblade 2 is a very different game. It's an experience, right? You got this uh, game coming from Hideo Kojima that's going to be very much an experience. And sadly, that's going to turn into the whole movie game debate, and it's all tiring, and who gives a frick? Like, all I've ever cared about is, what's the aim of the game, and did it achieve that with excellence? And Hellblade 1, and as far as I can tell, Hellblade 2 is well on its way of doing that, like achieving a very, very immersive action experience. Like, it's not... I don't know. It's not a traditional game. It's so hard to describe Hellblade. It really is. Lancelot with a $2 super chat tip says, Happy Monday. Chug coffee once it doesn't burn. I'm not going to do that. Guys, if you're just tuning in, thank you so much for being here, man. Strong start to the day. We're not even an hour into the broadcast. Do me a favor. Smash that like button. There's over 600 people here. We're discussing the latest Hellblade 2 trailer. Why I think it looks great and people are being like overly critical. Uh, There is concern about the launch date. So smash the like button. Do me a favor. Gift some members or become a member. Don't just wait for those gifted members, man. The more people that jump into the member pool on their own, the more room there is for the folks who can't afford a membership right now and that's a great way to treat somebody in the holidays be like hey we're going to gift a member we're going to pay it forward so the more often you're here smashing like and engaging the more likely you'll get a membership skatenator with a $10 super chat says I know that isn't on topic but I just wanted to stop by while I can say I ordered one of your tumblers after seeing it on Friday stream with madam and I can't wait to get it yeah, it's such a nice quality. I was really glad to order one myself and try it out. I'm testing hot coffee in it. Water was fine. The metal straw is nice. But now I'm trying hot coffee, and it stayed, it's staying very hot after over an hour, which is great for me because I'm a slow coffee drinker. Hellblade 2 needs to show uncut sword combat. I don't disagree with you. I would really like an extended look at gameplay. I don't disagree with you. The one thing I will agree with everybody on... This trailer is a little too edited. It is. It is. But the first trailer was like that. We went back and watched a trailer for Hellblade 1, and they did the same thing. Behemoth with 33 months and a VIP gold. Thanks for the amazing streams last week and for the last month, Lono. Thank you so much, Behemoth. I want to read what Parasito is saying. If you're saying you can't shadow drop a game like that, where does God of War Valhalla fit in? It's out tomorrow, and they announced it less than four days ago. That's a DLC, though, Paris. Wouldn't it be weird to have a game like Hellblade as one of your four big games for the year and not market the snot out of it all year? Like I'm telling you right now, I bet you it comes out fourth quarter. It'll be one of the center stages of their showcase in the summer. They'll likely have Melina Jurgens there. I think that's when we'll probably get some really extended looks at the gameplay. They'll be like, hey, people have been wanting an extended look at the gameplay. We're going to show you a sequence where Senua's got to fight her way through this area. Let's take a look at how it goes. And they just let us watch. Like I, I don't Shadow dropping a game like this robs it of a lot of power. I, I don't think that'd be a good move at all. You shadow drop a game like Hi-Fi Rush, something that might be a little bit smaller in scope, something that's a, a pleasant surprise, something that nobody knows about, like nobody knew Valhalla was coming, and it's just a DLC. It's a free rogue mode, like it doesn't even cost money. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't hurt them to promote something for free that comes out in five days. Like, I don't think doing that to Hellblade would be a good idea. 
Hellblade has 50,000 reviews on Steam. I mean, it's it's got an audience on Steam that's not enormous, but I think that would be a mistake as well. Baldur's Gate 3 was shadow dropped on Xbox. Uh, that whole thing is weird. That'll that'll hijack the whole discussion. Under the discussion of shadow drops, that I don't I don't know why you shadow drop that. That I that that hasn't seemingly gotten any traction on that platform, which is that's a whole other discussion. That delayed release is it's yeah. I I it, I can't believe how little that game is being played over there. It's, it's it's the game of the year. It's not even in the top fifty most played games on Xbox. Like what in the world? That's that's a whole discussion. That's a whole discussion about what that looks like to the public and to the developers and to the into publishers when the game of the year drops over there and it can't even get on top fifty most played. I why I I don't want to I don't want to sidetrack the discussion. That might be an, its own talk show, honestly, because it's yeah. I'm interested in discussing it, but not today. Um. I personally don't give a rip about how much a game does or doesn't advertise as Parasito. If it's a good game, it'll get traction. I never saw a single ad for Baldur's Gate and almost instantly bought it once I saw people start playing it and praising it so much. Well... Um... I I would understand why you personally don't care about that Parasito, but I'm talking about like what Xbox and Ninja Theory would want to do. You know what I mean? Hey guys, if you're lurking right now, uh, YouTube's been acting kind of funky. Double check that your like is registering. The other day it said we had 23,000 likes, and we know that's not true. Uh, so we know that's been glitching out. Make sure it's registering, because it's it looks like it's not working on my end. Everything else looks fine. Just double check that. I know a lot of you lurkers, you minimize chat, and then you click it, and then you pull chat back up so you can see what people are saying. Make sure it's registering. Uh, it seems like it might be doing that thing today where it's not tracking your your press. It did that to me the other day on a video. I was watching one of Doc Darks. I pressed like, was listening, was listening. I opened up my phone again and my like was gone. I was like, what? And I had to push it again. It feels like they wanted to have a very harsh and tactile like Last of Us 2 uh, if for sure it wasn't there, but let's wait until the game is out. I'm not sure what you mean by harsh and tactile like. It's a good point, but I can't see them shadow dropping it. Apparently, they were supposed to announce it at the Game Awards, but the devs forgot. Oh, yeah, that's right. I saw that. I saw the guy say his mind was a blur. You know, he's wearing a suit of armor. Um, okay. I mean, that, that that again, that's that's a whole other discussion. That was supposed to announce. Okay, I wonder what Xbox's first quarter game is. Wait, do we not know what their first quarter game is? Somebody said that after the Game Awards. They said that none of the Xbox games had release uh, release dates. And I was like, wait, what? So we, we know we have Flight Sim, we have Avowed, we have Hellblade 2. Uh, what's the fourth game? We, um, Towerborn. We have Towerborn. Yo, what's good, Wooly? Haven't seen you in a while. Hellblade 2's latest trailer was amazing, for real. The combat massively overhauled. Graphics are gorgeous. The game is a craft like HB1, what gamers want. That's what I'm saying, Wooly. I couldn't believe it. I was like, if this game was coming to PlayStation, I feel like the conversation would be a little bit different. I feel like the people that are saying the graphics don't look very good would be screaming about how great the lighting looks, and the people that are saying the game looks amazing would be calling it a movie game. Like, I feel like we would be having a completely different discussion. It's like, come on, y'all, this game looks dope. 
We got gameplay. We got what we asked for. That's what I'm saying. The only thing I will give table to, Wooly, is lack of a release date. I get that frustration. And number two, I do think it's maybe a little bit too edited. I don't mind the the clips of her walking, like, and then here's her walking, and here's her running, and here's her walking. That's fine. You don't need to let me see her walk for a mile. I get the gist. Okay, that's pretty. That's nice. Her body movements look organic and real, like you actually captured Melina walking around, right? Rissick gifts a single member and takes us to four members on the day. Thank you so much, Rissick. My wife was bummed that you only ordered one bag of coffee because I printed the the one that label and she's like I can't give him any extra coffee because you printed the label for one. If I print the label for the other bag, she can give you more sometimes, just as like a thank you. And uh, she's like, you should have printed a different label. And I was like, I wasn't even thinking. I just printed the label that I'm supposed to. <laughs> um, I don't see people on Xbox wanting to play a clicky RPG game if that makes sense. That yeah, like I said, that's another subject. I don't want to talk about that. The game looks great. It'll be awesome. But I feel really disconnected to the first one. Uh, It's nonsense for me, a sequel for Hellblade. I will love to see what they do with the IP, though. Wait, why don't you like the... Why do you feel disconnected from the first one? Have you played it? Parasito says, Is there a future where game devs lean much closer to Shadow Drops? A teaser six months out, then a release date, a week trailer... Oh, then a release week trailer. That would help resolve a ton of problems uh, and anger. And the public seems to have every year with games, trailers, in the future, then disappointment. Here's the issue with what you're suggesting, uh, Paris. Here's the issue with what you're suggesting. A lot of the times, the reason we learn about these games early is because they're either looking for talent or it's what the publisher wants, or there's other financial reasons, I'm sure, where they're like, we got to get the name out now. This is the window of time that we think is best. Or or a lot of times we know about a game from a press release because they're trying to find talent, or they'll put a trailer out because they're trying to find talent. And so I don't know if that reality is ever going to change. You know? I just don't know. Well, he says, 100% Lono, but my day's... Uh, we are picking at straws could make the same claim about the insane God of War Ragnarok OG trailer you're being generous yeah I, I'm being I'm being generous if you feel disconnected from the first game then pack it up it isn't for you yeah the, I don't think this you're not gonna like the second game you know what I mean not a not uh getting angry about release dates helps immensely I'm not sure what you mean by that BK, B, BC Kelly the story of Seno is something contained on mental illness and grief. Uh, doing an adventure with mythical creatures is, to me, a curveball. Oh, oh, you're saying that's why you got disconnected from the first game? Okay, okay, hang on, hang on. I'm trying to understand. So what you're saying is, is that because it's about grief and having a mental illness the medium of her being in a mythical environment with these you know these beasts and these grotesque things to you is too much of a curveball you see to me i think it is a beautiful medium for the story because of how dark it is you it's i think it is this wonderful catalyst to seeing She's not just walking around in her day-to-day life and like hearing voices and it's it's you know it's making her it's ruining her life, right? It's the grief of losing Dillian 
and her internal psychosis is it takes her to such a dark and terrible place that I believe the environments and the creatures and the monsters help to give you a picture of it in a way that wouldn't work as well if it was just her walking around like a city street or something. I think it's wonderful. I think it's an absolutely creative and beautiful way to tell the story. Like, this is what she's experiencing. I, it's wonderful. It is, if somebody made me pick my all-time favorite game, I would pick Hellblade. If you made me pick, I would, I would pick Hellblade. I think it is the closest to art that a video game has ever got. Like, like almost like well-rounded, checks every box art is, is, is Hellblade. I think it shows just what you can do and it does it in such a like such a nice little neat package it's not this big long drawn out game where you got to put in 40 hours to even get to the end or something like that it's very very well done nice little neat package it's top shelf excellence i have very minor gripes about hellblade i do very minor gripes eugene says the grotesque things are a reflection of her mind uh, Solemn says it's probably like that because it's metaphorical of mental illness, not directly about some boring real life one to one representation, which nine times out of ten would be would not be entertaining. It either wouldn't be entertaining or it wouldn't be as effective. Like this gives you a sense of understanding folks that go through stuff like this. And I think it's easier to dismiss it if it's just like a woman who's trying to go to work and and she's having mental breakdowns and she's having freakouts that's harder for you to empathize with you're like a lot of people will just coldly be like get over it or stop being sad or what the heck's the matter with this person and this game gives you an avenue of understanding that's very 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 creative like it goes around and it says no no like it it's it's subversive it kind of gets underneath your defenses and it gives you avenues of empathy and understanding that you might not ordinarily have yeah similar to returnal which is why i think returnal is one of my favorite games just such a brilliant way of telling a very very dark story oh i I love it absolutely love it plus one to all you just said hellblade is one of my favorite games ever even though it's not perfect gameplay wise Dane says, I need to know which camp are you in? Was it all in her head? Or was she just seeing things more demonic than they appear and was actually killing folk? There is no answer to that question, Sane. It's a bit of both. Is it not? It's a bit of both. She goes to these places. It's where she lives. She lives within Norse mythology. She doesn't like take a jog over to Norse mythology. It's where she lives. She go she goes to hell. She goes to these locations. Fundamentally, the real thing she faces in the end right? Like is it real or is it herself? But it's a bit of both. I think she really goes to these dark areas and really fights monsters. But I also think you don't know you don't know when it's real and when it's not which is brilliant in and of itself because then you experience the at a low level you experience the uncertainty and the craziness of her mind you don't know what's real and what isn't when you play the game 
Is she really fighting that monster or is it all in her head? Is Druth real? Is he a real person? Does Dillian even exist or is Dillian something else? You like that's the thing. You get lost in it with her. It's I'm I'm telling you I, I don't know why this isn't talked about more. Hellblade is one of I think the most brilliantly crafted games in existence. I'm I'm telling you. I know, I've got a huge bias for this game cuz I I I needed this game at a time in my life where I needed a game to speak to that side of my existence. This game was there and it's very meaningful to me. I love this game deeply and I played it many times. And I'm telling you there are so many layers of brilliance to it. You're like, "Wait, was that real or not?" And the fact that they tell you you can die permanently but you can't is a freaking mind job from jump they mess with you from moment one and i love it it's so artistically courageous to base to lie to the player i'm telling you there's so much i like this is why i'm like please don't mess this game up please don't mess this game up because i believe it's important it's rare to have games that I feel are almost like momentous or important and I believe that Hellblade's a very important game and I hope that they've been able to do it uh, to do it justice Wooly says the entire point of psychosis schizophrenia is your brain cannot compartmentalize imagination from fears and fears from anticipations anticipations from memories memories from dreams it's semi-lucid Hellblade perfectly capsulates that it, I mean it does it does <laughs> I'm telling you, it's artistically courageous to lie to the player. Till it's all oh, it's wonderful. Every time this game comes up, I remember I need to play it. Oh my gosh. It's such a shame. This is one of the few times where I'm like, man, I wish this was multi-plat, not due to platform allegiance, but because I want every single person to play this game. I believe console exclusives are important. I believe we end up getting very good games because they are they are they have to be great, right? And I think I'm hoping that has led to really good funding, backing and support for Ninja Theory from Xbox. So like I hope the game's quality has been directly affected by being a platform exclusive, but as as an as an appreciation as somebody who appreciates the art of Hellblade, I'm like good golly, I hope everybody gets a chance to play this one day i don't know if they'll ever kick it to other platforms but if you can play this on pc please play it the first one is just phenomenal and then when you're done watch the documentary about you know what went into the game and how melina jurgens wasn't even the lead actress she was like a video editor and they were using her as a stand-in and she was so dadgum awesome they were like wait this is senua that's uh, that alone, I think, is just is worthy of respect and admiration. And I love that she, you know, she's gotten all these awards and gets to go all these events and stuff. It's just great. Yeah, it's on Steam. It's on Steam. If you can play this on PC, please play it. Please play it. If you can, if you can get it on Xbox, buy it and play it. So, you support Ninja Theory. Support the game. You know, tweet about it, share it, tell people about it. I I go pretty hard in the paint for Hellblade for for a variety of reasons. Games over Cholo with a 50 spot says uh, December 2019 Hellblade 2 was announced with Series X. I told myself this gen I'm getting an Xbox and I haven't felt the need yet and probably won't. I hope that you are incorrect. I do. I hope that you're incorrect. I said in the show open that I really, really hope this game 
shows off the power of the Series X because you know right now we have Forza Horizon that's pretty much the only game that's a good showcase of how strong the Series X is how much is Ninja Theory paying you for this stream sadly they've never interacted with me and I'm one of their biggest fans (laughs) I'm one of their biggest fans like I would probably get emotional if like I got to interview her I would probably freaking lose it not from like a celebrity thing but just like I just appreciate everything she brought to the character and I feel like there's a connection there when you play the game at that deep of a level like Wooly's saying he legit cried first time I streamed this game when I got to credits I shut the camera off I couldn't even end the stream properly I, I wasn't able to even like speak I was done I was done <laughs> I was like I shut the camera off and didn't say a word I just let the credits roll and just sat there and like cry, like sobbed, and then I shut the stream off. That was the first time I played Hellblade. It was, it was something. It was something. It was like there are moments that I remember as a gamer that are impactful to me at a deeper level than just oh that was a great game. It hits you at a psychological and even sometimes a spiritual level. And those games are Hellblade, beating Sekiro. And Ghost of Tsushima. I would probably include Ori and the Will of the Wisps. And just the the, the melodies of the Quolock melodies interwoven and showing back up when you do Quolock's Malaise is the name of the track. And the melody is underneath this intense fight. It is top shelf artistry in gaming. Th- these are games that I just think are in another category for me. They really, really are. And funny enough, only one of them is a PlayStation game. <laughs> only one of them is a PlayStation game. Uh, you didn't play it? I've not played The Last of Us Part Two yet. It launched in 2020. I was a little busy getting a lot of my life destroyed in 2020. So I, uh, I didn't pick that one up. Sorry, I intend to. I intend to, but I was trying to put my life back together in 2020. I wasn't playing a whole lot of video games. So, it is on the list, and I'm thrilled that they're doing the remake. I'll be able to play it at at PS5 Graphical Fidelity. I waited to play Ghost of Tsushima until I had a PS5 for similar reasons. So... The starting act for the first Hellblade game was that emotionally impactful to others. I didn't feel the same thing when I played it. It didn't exactly hook me. It's there's something I think Chris let let me well, I guess I could ask you this it wouldn't surprise me at all um it would not surprise me at all if people that are susceptible to ASMR which is a form of it's a it's a it's a response to audio stimuli so I can watch ASMR content softly spoken content you know they're like brushing through hair or have you ever seen anybody scraping like sand and doing some of that stuff um and or singing bowls there's certain f- sound frequencies that you'll re- you'll have a very very strong response to it wouldn't surprise me that folks like myself that are very susceptible to that we connect with the game almost instantly the opening monologue had I was covered in goosebumps and was like, what is this game? 
the opening monologue, because they tell you to play with headphones on, I had headphones on, and I'm sitting there just, I am transfixed. I'm like, what? I what is this game? I'm instantly intrigued, instantly interested. I feel connected to the character. I, I feel as if, I feel as if they're talking to me. Right, it's it's interesting. It's like I don't feel like they're just necessarily talking to talk. They're speaking to you in a way that has this level of it's almost intimate. You feel like you're learning about like a person's the deepest part of a person through a video game. It's just absolutely phenomenal. If you're not susceptible to ASMR, which is autonomous sensory meridian response, what this is is it's the, it's the tingling sensation you can get from good sound basically really good music like uh, uh, music can crescendo in a way where i feel something almost otherworldly like outro by m83 would be an example of this that soaring melody like as it hits its peak every time i'm i'm like ushered into this state of like oh my gosh it's almost euphoric right if you're not as susceptible to that, I think a lot of the artistry in Hellblade 1 is just going to like foom, it's just going to like zip right off of you. It's not going to touch you. So then you're going to be sort of like well, the combat's pretty basic and the puzzles aren't that hard. Like I don't get this game. Like you're not it's almost like you're not connecting to the game fully. You know? It's like watching a movie with the sound turned down. You, the, it, watch a really intense war movie, but you keep having to turn the sound down because your baby's sleeping. That movie's not going to hit you the same way as if you're in the theater and the, the the concussions from the bombs are almost shaking your chair. It's not the same. It's not the same at all. You could watch a movie and have to keep turning the sound down, and I could watch a movie in the theater, and we both walk away with completely different experiences. I feel that people... It's it's subjective. You can't necessarily control it. You know, a five spot from Joker Quinn. Just ordered a copy of Hellblade because I need to experience this based on what you said. I'm stoked. I hope I don't oversell it. <laughs> I hope I hope I don't oversell it. I tend to I get almost evangelistic about <laughs> about Hellblade, which is such an interesting thing to say with the name Hellblade. Um, Hellblade's gonna have uh, more players on PC. I don't see this game having great numbers on the console due to Game Pass. Um, I actually think it'll pull good numbers because of Game Pass. I think they'll fill the funnel. The question would be is if the, the opening hour excuse me the opening hour is going to have to be like pristinely designed or people will put it down. So you've sold me on it. Listen, all I'm, te- I'm going to tell you is this. It's not a typical game. Play with headphones on and let the game tell its own story. Don't come to the game with all these expectations about like about because the combat and the puzzles and the world design there none of it's bad. It's it's not bad, but like let the game tell its own story, you know. That's that's what I would say. Let the game tell its own story. I think a lot of the people um, I think a lot of people came at the game and they were like combat's basic and puzzles are kind of lame and they just don't if you don't connect in that first 30 to 40 minutes I, I, you're probably going to be like I don't know what Lona was talking about right so I always I'm always hesitant when praising something 
to it like if I really 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 love it I'm always worried that I'm gonna say I've had this experience with people before people are like this movie this album is so good and then I'm like oh gosh I better check it out and then I watch it or listen to it and I'm like what are they talking about like it's almost like they they set the bar too high and I'm always hesitant to do that with Hellblade but I can't help myself I get caught up in it I just I, I think about it I think about my experience with it and I think about how it, as developers they had to be at some certain points almost like worried <clears throat> like are people gonna even like this you know is this gonna be off-putting as a game you know there was a lot of I think there was a lot of courageous choices made by ninja theory I have a lot of respect I just again I hope they were able to do that with the second game as well so I recommend that Hellblade to a lot of casuals and they either love it or shut it off due to the voices annoying them there is no in between yeah yeah I think that's part of the problem you know get it on steam and you know if you can't get through the first hour without kind of like going like huh it's not it's probably not going to click for you it's got to pull you in in that opening that's my belief Ninja has great combat systems playing the game you can feel its smoothness and responsiveness it's not that deep and it's okay it wasn't the focus that's what I was trying to convey there was a guy on Twitter and he was like the combat's awful and I'm like I mean that's your opinion I don't think games with awful combat get 90% from the users like if a game has awful combat it's not going to score very well Right? Somebody asked me about Tsushima. I'm expecting God of War Ragnarok and Ghost of Tsushima with Hellblade 1 now. I wouldn't expect that. They're not those that's not that type of game. It, it's not that type of game. Would you say Senua is a better character than Jin from Ghost? Um I it's hard to say which one's better because they tell very different stories. As far as emotional depth, as far as emotive performance I don't know if I've ever played a game that that hits the peaks and the valleys that Melina hits in her in her performance of Senua I can't I can't think of a game where the character was so believably angry sad scared disturbed the the, the depth and the breadth of human emotion that you get from her it's impressive it's it's impressive I I don't know if I've ever seen anybody hit the level that she hits. She I don't know. I, she's just very I think she's very gifted. And I've played a lot of games and I felt like <clears throat> there were moments where I thought the facial capture and the emotive work in Days Gone was not talked about enough. There were micro expressions of emotion in that game that I thought were impressive for a video game just little looks and glares and facial movements and I was like that's incredible like I don't think Days Gone gets talked enough about because of how it launched like it launched with bugs but that's one of the few games where I felt like th- this this game should be highly praised for the mocap work that they did on the faces especially it's to, to capture micro expressions in a video game is I think is pretty impressive English O with 27 months in a VIP insert dad joke here thank you English O Guys, every 25 members I give five, we are pushing to get to 2,500 before Friday. You guys went crazy uh, this last Friday and uh, could easily hit that before this week. And then I I throw in, like I gift on Friday uh, and Thursday, 
I gifted, I don't even know. I think it, the one day I gifted over 100 members. And then the next day, I think I gifted around 40 or 50. So mine go into the pool as well. So I help hit the goal. I gift five over 25. Help us hit that today. Uh, totally underrated and overhated. Ghost of Tsushima has the best realistic third-person combat I've ever seen. Nothing really comes close to it, to be honest. There, there does seem to be some some voodoo in uh, in in Sucker Punch's work with with Tsushima. It's good. I think the movement in combat in Hellblade is quite good. As people are saying, it's very tight. It's very polished. It's just there's no depth to it because there's not supposed to be. You know, have you ever played a game where they give you like one one weapon or one attack and that's kind of it but the game is great there's plenty of games where that's not the focus where you know there i i, I was going to use this example in my show open and i didn't but the first ori game or in the blind forest you literally have an attack that you just kind of spam the button for and it grows in strength and it grows in how many things come out but that's it that's it. And what they did with the combat in Ori in the Ori in the Will of the Wisps, which is Ori 2, they expanded it, but they again didn't make it this insanely crazy in-depth thing. It's still very basic and both of those games are brilliant. Like I don't think you need eight weapons, 25 moves, a special this and a special that. You don't need all that. Hellblade 2 looks bad. People haven't played Hellblade before. Severin, I couldn't believe the response I got. I tweeted that I thought it looked amazing, and I got so much pushback. Like, I got pushback from people that I respect. I'm like, what are y'all seeing that I'm not seeing? I think it looks great. They said it looked clunky. They said it looked like it was, you know, graphically degraded. Would you want Hellblade to add depth into the combat or keep it simple? Well, here's a great time for me to showcase some of the stuff I think that they've added. I like, I want more, but I don't want that, that to suddenly become the focus. So right there, she's got the sword in one hand, and then she switches it to two, and then she slices up. There, she's got an axe, a supporting axe. So she can do, see, she can do two, she can do uh, two-handed, like, or one one thing in each hand. And there's another part in the trailer where she only uses one hand. And I think she's using the axe. I'll have, to, I'll have to look for it. There's another part in the trailer where I believe she's just using the axe. So they seemingly are giving her more weapons. Maybe that's an adaptation thing. Maybe she's literally grabbing the axe from the enemy. I don't know. But I do know the combat itself does look like it's, it's had more done to it. It's had more added to it. But I also feel that I think it's coming up here. I think her looking right there is... Yeah, okay. So she swings there. So that's one-handed, okay? So she swings and swings. And that looks like a timing. You know how in some games, if you wait to swing until you've actually fully swung? Now, if you come to this trailer and you replay it, there's one little sequence of combat, and you'll notice she's 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 going to do two hand two, two, two. And that's what a lot of the combat was in the first one, which is totally fine. It's not that big of a deal. But a lot of it was just that that flurry over and over and over again, right? And in this new trailer alone, we've seen a, a weapon in each hand. We've seen her one-handing. 
I, you know, we're, we're seeing more. Again, I don't want that to become the focus. Like, I don't need to be going into a skill tree like in Ragnarok and doing all these different things and all these different abilities. That's not the game that Hellblade's supposed to be. I mean, if they want it to be that, then I'll be open to seeing how they do it, but I don't think that's of prime importance. No. I, I just don't think it is. I think Hellblade is hated by these people, which is extremely sad. It's not preachy at all. It just has a com- complex woman protagonist. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've seen anybody say that. Who has said the game is preachy? Um, I don't feel... <laughs> I, I don't feel like I've seen anybody say that Hellblade's preachy. It obviously has a message, but... I still think Hellblade should be an animated film instead of a game. I I can't agree with that at all. It's far more immersive when you have the headphones on, you're moving the character, she's looking at you. She looks you in the eyes. Like you can't get that experience from an animated film. Like you're not it's not there's not an immersive point. It's like when you play VR and take the headset off, like you're like coming out of a world. Like it's you need that immersion, I think. Severin says, if they don't want to play the game, then don't. It's just that simple. All these people saying these things, it's very clear they didn't play the first game. It's like Plague Tale 2. Yes, it's a woman. The first game was a woman too. Shocking, I know, but nothing has changed. I feel like that's the boogeyman. I don't know. I feel like the the angry internet male is like the boogeyman. I don't think there's a I don't think that they're the majority. I think there is a subset of gamer culture that has sort of the angry angry male energy, right? The the you know it's it's very toxic. I think there's a there's the portion of the gaming world that's like that. I think they're very small, which is why I think. I think they're small in brain and small in number. I think that's why they talk the way that they do. There's an insecurity there. They know they're not the majority. They know they're fringe. And that's why they go way overboard in the things they do and say. I think the vast majority of gamers don't give a frick about any of that. They're like, is the game good? Sweet. I don't care if I play, you know. Now, obviously, within reason, right? Not everybody wants to play a game if the character is too far removed from them, you know. I'm 42, so I don't really feel like running around as a 10-year-old, you know? It's hard to get into games where you play as a child. I have a hard time with that because it's more it's usually more juvenile and silly or jovial, you know? I wouldn't have been able to play Chia beginning to end. My daughter liked it, but, you know, I wouldn't have been able to play that. It was harder for me um, to get immersed into Cana uh, Bridge of Spirits, and I think that's a beautiful game. I'm not saying that I couldn't enjoy it. I'm saying it's harder to get immersed. Like, the further you are from the character, the harder it is to get immersed. Right? I'm not I'm not connecting with the baby in Death Stranding. I'm not a baby, right? I'm a grown man. <laughs> I'm not a baby. Uh, I, my brother's probably chuckling at that. But... The, the farther you are from the character, I do think sometimes it is harder to get immersed. But I, I loved the, the both the Tomb Raiders. I've, I loved Hor- both the Horizon games. Hellblade's my favorite game. Um, I think you can connect, and once you do, it doesn't matter. 
Like, once I connected with Senua in the opening of the game, her being a woman in Norse mythology didn't matter anymore. Like, that's a pretty sharp disconnection from me living in America as a 42-year-old white man connecting mentally and emotionally and maybe even almost spiritually with a fictional woman in Norse mythology. Like, that's a pretty big leap. But once the connection is formed, then that's it. You're in. You don't need... You don't need them to look like you or sound like you. I think in RPGs, it makes sense because you feel like you're wanting to put yourself into the world instead of experiencing a, a, a story about a character. You see? Like, when you read through a great book, a great novel, it doesn't matter that I'm not some old wizard. I can still find great comfort in things that Gandalf says in the Lord of the Rings novels, okay? I'm, 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 I'm experiencing a story instead of putting myself into the world. I think that's where people disconnect and they don't see. You don't need to put yourself into every game. Sometimes a game is just bringing you along and letting you enjoy a great story. And then there's like the hybrids in the middle. Like I'm experiencing what I think is a pretty dope story in, um, I'm trying to think of a game recently where I've like created a character, but then also enjoy the story. I'm enjoying the story in Avatar, and I kind of made the character look a way that was important to me. Um, I, you know, but then I play games like Spider-Man or Tsushima or Hellblade, and I'm just like, I'm getting to experience the story, but I'm not necessarily in it, if that makes sense. I've been hearing Xbox fanboys argue about Blade exclusively uh, exclusivity lately and PlayStation fanboys doing what they called Xbox um, fanboys port beggars for asking for first party cyberpunk. Well, I, I, I made I'm a, I'm a chick in that game, so <laughs> a chick with pink hair, <laughs> you know, and wild clothing doesn't really work. That's not the game I'm thinking of. I can't think of it. I can't think of a game where like I kind of made my character and I kind of made myself in the game and I thought that it was a blend of like interesting story oh Starfield I actually thought Starfield's story was interesting it, like it started to get interesting um, and I was in the game like I made the character kind of look like me Th- then I played Phantom Liberty and it was like okay this is a, this is a, a superior way to do RPG you know, missions and, and choices and dialogue and stuff. I couldn't go back. Yeah, Lono Farmhand. No, it wasn't Hogwarts. Um, you can connect with Gandalf, who is uh, 24,000 years old, but you can't connect with a baby. The age of the baby is closer to you than Van- Gandalf. <laughs> That's good. That's good, Jack. Jack's out here trying to outlaw me. He's like, listen, man. <laughs> Gandalf's like thousands of years old, idiot. <laughs> You're closer to the baby than him. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I didn't think... Yeah, Hogwarts, you are playing as a teenager. I think that does affect the immersion a little bit for me in that game. I played it more as a game and didn't really care about my character as much or the story as much. I didn't really get into it as much. I thought it was a good story. I thought there was a really, 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 really good and poignant scene where the one guy is talking about 
um, the one teacher's wife and how kind he was to him. It's just well written and well voice acted. It was one of the better scenes um, in Hogwarts. Um, uh, uh. Um, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door Remake is my next big game I'm looking forward to. If you haven't played it, I highly recommend. Yeah, Nintendo is kind of on a good streak right now, you know? My wife and I are thoroughly enjoying Lego Fortnite, so we're, we've, we're, not, we're, not, uh, we're not moving in Super Mario Brothers now. We were moving along, like, periodically we would play a couple levels, you know, in the evening, and then, uh, and then put it down. And now we're, my kiddos and I, oh my gosh, what a joy. It's a sh- we can't really cover Fortnite. That game doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really vibe with the core audience. Fortnite's a hard game to cover, unless you exclusively cover Fortnite. It's a really tough game to cover and discuss. But my gosh, what a what an in, what an injection of joy that is, dude! Me and the kiddos played, and we got our own little world. And then my wife and I are playing. And we've got our own little world. Just awesome, just awesome. Uh, weak console. Just saying. What which cons? What what do you mean? You're just saying. How are you adding to the conversation? What which console are you even talking about? You'll get back to Mario Brothers Wonder eventually. Yeah, yeah. We were really enjoying it. We really, really were. We would we would boot up, we would beat a couple levels, we'd get all the stuff, and then we'd shut down. Like, it's a really easy game to piecemeal like that. Uh, yo, a gifted member from DK, Bager, and he sets up the layup. 5 out of 25. Little slow on a Monday, but that's okay. You guys really bounce things back on Friday. We'll see if that layup... Sets up any tempting big, big member bombs from the big boys. They lurk in the channel sometimes. Lego Fortnite is brilliant and so much fun. It was a smart addition to the game. Yeah, yeah, I, it is. It really, really is. I do have one quibble. The building needs some polish. I was building fences, and I would literally tap the D-pad, and I'd put the fence like right next to another fence so they'd be touching, and it wouldn't let me do it. I was like... I. So my all my fences are like a, a half a breath apart. That's a minor quibble, but I think they need to. I think they need to refine some of the building. Like they just they don't let you. They don't just snap things together. It's a freaking Lego game, dude. Let me snap these things together. Yo, Parasito drops a five bomb on the member goal and gets us just that fast all the way to ten. Thank you so much, Parasito. Oh, and it goes to Wooly. Good to see Wooly get a membership. Um. I think it'd be interesting if we had a game that attempts to dismantle the stigma around uh, male mental illness. Uh, they have the added layer of they need to just get over it and be strong. It, you started out so great, and then you started talking like you have no idea about anything within the realm of like counseling and psychology. Like it started out great. It was like we should really you know, make a game about, you know, male mental illness and then be like, they have the added layer of they need to just get over it and be strong. Like, what the f- You don't mean that, do you? I hope you don't. Um, You can snap them on MKB if you hold RMB. You can as well. It has a button for snapping. You literally can't snap them together. It won't. I hit left on the D-pad, and it, it bumps it by one. I held the button for snapping, and it would not snap the fences together. It was so odd. 
It was so odd. Nintendo Switch is weaker, yes, but it's handheld. You shouldn't expect huge performance. Oh, he was talking about the Nintendo Switch when he talked about how weak it was? I mean, yeah, it came out in 2017, and it's a it's a portable device. Like, it's not... I don't know if that was the console he was referring to. We need a proper chat on Hellblade. I mean, we talked about it for over an hour. I mean, what else did you what else do you want to say? I mean, I like I said, the thing that we really didn't spend a whole lot of time on is, and I guess we could we could kind of throw this out as a, as a discussion question. Do you guys think that game gets delayed? There's a part of me that I I kind of want it to be delayed I'm worried that they haven't had enough time you know fourth quarter next year it just feels like it's right around it's just so fast you know oh he's saying they have the extra pressure because of that because that's what people say I meant they get that message from ignorant members of society oh okay yeah I agree with you for half a second I was like that's not what the game what you're saying is if if they made a game about that there would be that there's that layer in that message out there for sure for sure what game Hellblade 2 I don't know but they have no release date on it so who knows if it's designed that way from the beginning the only way I have a problem with third person is the game is uh, initially designed as an FPS game and had third person tacked on. Hellblade 2 gets delayed because of the S. I mean, I could definitely see the game having some issues with some of the lighting and stuff they're trying to do, but I would hope they could just turn that stuff off. Like, you you know, if they're doing stuff with ray tracing, you know, you just turn that off on the S that'd be my hope is that it's it doesn't pose too big of a problem that's always like a lingering concern is um hey somebody ordered some coffee I am sorry Kale Kale's already always so faithfully ordering the coffee two bags of light roast thank you for doing that Kale very very much appreciate that Thanks for the gift of sub. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Mass Produce. Good to see you. You seem very proud of their work. Wooly says, I think Hellblade 2 is being made as a continuation of a character they love. Ninja Theory don't give a blank about Game Pass. Their focus is Senua. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. It's a little concerning that... I don't know if you guys saw this or not. I don't think this is worthy of like a show... Um, or an upload. But did you see that Moon Studios, the company behind the two Ori games, they announced that their next game, um, No Rest for the Wicked, will be multiplat. And somebody had very harsh words to say about you're finally free of that garbage company or something. And Moon Studios liked their tweet saying that. And they've made it very clear that Ori is only on one platform and that's up to Xbox like they own the IP it sounds like Moon Studios and Xbox did not get along very well Um, which is obviously you know that's a concern when you look at a game and you think well hopefully the studio is happy with the relationship right I'm hoping that like Moon Studios is not indicative because we've all expressed concern about you know game devs under Xbox ownership don't seem to be flourishing all that well. Creative directors are leaving. Half the team that was working on Perfect Dark left. 
there's just some patterns emerging and then I saw the um Ori's on the Switch. The first is did they did they finally do Will of the Wisps or is it just the first Ori? Ori Will of the Wisps Nintendo. Is that one on there as well? It is. Okay. I thought it was. So Ori and the Will of the Wisps is also on there. Yeah, they were indicating that it's I'm sorry that it's not on PlayStation. And that's Xbox's you know, that's their choice, which is a shame because both those games are phenomenal. And I'm, again, I'm in favor of having exclusives. I am. I think it's fine to have exclusives, but there are just certain games that I like so much, I'm just sort of like, man, I wish everybody got to experience this, you know? You play uh, as Ninja and a martial art monk? I'm not sure which game you're talking What game are you talking about? Uh, Xbox seems to want to drive the horse with the cart, make the money, drive the creative process, which is completely backwards. Yeah, but I don't know if that's the case because they they seem hands-off in a lot of these instances. I mean, maybe maybe they're going to be hands-off or maybe they were hands-off with things like Redfall, but then they got um, really, really heavily involved with uh, Starfield. But why you want kids missing out I mean that's an emotional argument nobody that argues for exclusivity or exclusives is saying I want kids to miss out right like somebody's if somebody is in support like I'm in support of exclusives purely from a developmental quality angle right and I also think they're brands defining like I don't think you would want Halo to leave Xbox it's like a brands defining game you wouldn't want God of War to leave PlayStation it's sort of brand defining but I look at a game like Ori and I look at a game like well Hellblade I think could be brand defining for Xbox I think Senna was a captivating character she has an iconic look and I think Hellblade could become a good good piece of property for Xbox's their brand right especially if you do a trilogy which you know that'd be my hope is that they leave things open for a trilogy I don't know if that's their desire but you know that's that's obviously my desire if you can do it and do it well you know only doing Hellblade and Hellblade 2 would feel a little strange like hey let's do let's do a trilogy although I did see somebody say on on Twitter I forget who it was I want to give credit here because I thought it was insightful that they they like uh, duologies over trilogies is that how you say it a duology because you get a, a um, you get a complete story in a short amount of time instead of having to wait like you know 12 years because now that games take so long to develop like a trilogy is gonna take like 12 years um, minimum so I thought that was insightful I was like yeah okay I guess I could see that like getting the full story in a matter of like eight years versus 12 is a little bit more but my pushback would be, once you get to eight years, what to, what difference does it make if we go another four after that? Like, just give me more of that character or that story or that world, you know? It's interesting they're giving her an entire saga. Skatenator gifts a member. Thank you so much, Skatenator. Gets us to, um, like, little big, basically the halfway point to 25. Every 25, I give five. We've not missed that streak in well over a year. We've hit that goal every single day. Thank you, Skatenator. Xbox now has what? 32 studios? I think it's, if somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, PlayStation has 13, I believe. Either way, it's odd. No, I thought PlayStation had 12? 
for a while there we thought they had 23 but then i think if you go to their website they it gets confusing because i think they own 12 maybe it is 13 oh bungie's not listed because bungie's a different relationship but yeah if you count bungie they have 13 um but then they have a lot of second party partners that makes it seem like maybe they have more I feel like that's the count. I could be incorrect on that, but when we looked into that, I feel like that's where we landed. Um, Xbox being asked to bring in tons of engineers for their current games instead of just letting the studios figure it out doesn't read as hands-off. If the studios uh, have the pressure to get something out the door, they would likely be able to resolve a lot of their hardware-related issues in better ways knowing how Microsoft writes code. But are, are they doing that with every studio, though, though Parasito? I don't think they were hands-on with Infinite. They found out Infinite was in a bad spot and brought in Joseph Staten. Like, I don't know if Xbox is super hands-on. They seem like they're not super hands-on. I got all that... I, I, I got all that grief, and people were out here, like, trying to cook me for saying uh, Microsoft needs a bungee. And I think a lot of them had a hard time hearing the indefinite article in the sentence. They need a bungee. And they were like, Bungie's terrible. Bungie's going to close down. Bungie's in a terrible state right now. And I'm like, do you guys know what the indefinite article of a sentence is? Like, they need a bungee. They need somebody to come in and say, Redfall's going to score like garbage. Right? Your mechanisms are failing you if Phil Spencer's like, Yeah, Redfall fell double digits below where we thought it was going to fall. And when he said that, it had a higher score than it even has now. So it fell much lower. That's why I said that. I was like, you you guys need some oversight here. What are y'all doing? How did Halo Infinite get to the state that it got? What are you doing? Are you paying attention to the projects? Do you have liaisons? Do you have people going to the studios? Do you have people that have like full transparent view of a project because infinite got to a terrible state and barely gets out the door and then because of the way it got got out the door it's not supported as a live service game people are like halo's cooking now i'm like what do you mean they're cooking now they had one good season and they're cooking like what what that that doesn't even make any sense to me what are they cooking exactly they actually successfully launched a season and people are having a good time that's minimum that's like the minimum expectation that they should have been doing three years ago or two years ago like it's like if if they're not being hands-on but they're also pushing release dates i feel like that's a concern like with hellblade 2 are they speaking out of turn they're like no 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 no. that trailer needs to get pushed out that thing's got to come in 2024 okay is who's driving that number is it is it ninja theory the pattern seems to be that xbox doesn't have lots of oversight of the games and the projects if you're willing to let halo infinite get to where it got they had multiple good seasons now you're just saying stuff what do you mean they've had multiple good seasons the player count and the player morale and it's standing on the platform hasn't been good until this season if you haven't even played Halo, you shouldn't be speaking. That's hilarious. So if I watch a sports game launch and it falls by the wayside, gets bad review scores, isn't supported for a couple of years, and then it tries to turn things around, I can't commentate on the player count because I don't play that game. What you're saying doesn't make any sense. 
It just sounds like the typical gatekeeping. You can't talk about our precious game because you don't play it. Well, that's then you can't talk about like I don't know ninety five percent of the gaming industry because you probably don't play every game either. Who does? Who plays every game? People that commonly gatekeep who can talk about a game are just hypocrites who also don't play every game, and yet you'll find them commentating and talking about the gaming industry pretty consistently. Halo Infinite's great in my opinion. But it's not about that. The point that I was making is if your first party property, everybody always wants to act like the past doesn't matter. Like the past doesn't matter. You don't you don't have any questions for Xbox with the way that Halo Infinite launched. You don't have any questions about that. You're not like, how in the heck did this happen with like your biggest first party piece of property, your most well known? Right? How how does it get to this point? You don't have questions. You don't have questions why their internal mechanisms had mock scores of Redfall landing higher. How did, you don't have questions about that? You're just like, oh well, Halo got better after a while, so so, so none of that matters. That's my question to you. You don't have any concern at all about Xbox's oversight over projects. former 343 employees talking about how it was terrible to work under the conditions of the 18 month contract policy and you don't have questions about that like I'm looking at one of my most anticipated games this generation Hellblade 2 and I'm like I really really hope I really really hope that they're driving the release date because if they're not driving the release date and Xbox is driving the release date and they're being hands off we're, we could be in a very similar situation. The game could launch and not be ready. You literally don't play the game and have an opinion. It's like telling a kid not to play a game because you don't like it. Well, of course, they won't play it now. Here's what's humorous and funny about your input. Is that I covered Halo Infinite and played it the month that it came out. So... To act like I can't talk about it, I was heavily invested in the title, covered the marketing, and covered the campaign leading up to it. Uh, I have a I have a live show on this channel where I said it could be an esports giant. I have live streams where I covered the the one trailer and I said I believe in Joseph Staten. If there's somebody that can get Halo out the door in a good state, it's Joseph Staten. Was heavily invested in that game and believed that. And I've always said. Halo, there's just something special about Halo. But it clearly launched and wasn't ready. So what you're doing is is a red herring. You're like, well, you're not playing now, so you can't talk about Halo now. Go back to what I said. I was talking about your internal mechanisms are failing you. If Halo Infinite can get to a point of crisis that Joseph Staten needs to come in. Your internal mechanisms are failing you if Redfall is mock scoring double digits higher than where it landed. You play the campaign? No, I played multiplayer almost exclusively. Once again, see, folks like you always speak out of turn because you're in here trying to drive a narrative about me, and so you always make those mistakes. You presume and you assume. I wasn't even saying... 
Halo Infinite's bad now. I said, Halo Infinite's cooking. I said, why? Because they finally had a good season. They finally have everybody, like, praising the game and the numbers are up. So that's what we're going to say is cooking. Like, that's a pretty low bar. They're doing the minimum expectation of a live service game after two years of not doing that. Even if you want to say, well, they've had more than one good season. I'll grant you that point. The, The point that I was making was... If your internal mechanisms aren't having good oversight, if Halo Infinite gets to a point of crisis, gets to a point of crisis where you got to bring Joseph Staten in, that seems like an internal problem to me. If Redfall goes through an internal mock review and they're like, yeah, this thing's going to land pretty good. It's going to land in like the 70s. Those internal mechanisms need to be reanalyzed because they're not firing properly and again look at the pattern xbox showcase in 2022 what'd they do what'd they do they spoke out of turn they're like yeah everything you saw in this showcase comes out in the next 12 months and more than half the games didn't make it so it's like i'm concerned it's like okay i look at this hellblade trailer i've defended the gameplay think it looks great i love ninja theory i love hellblade but the fact that we don't have a release date, I'm like, <laughs> are y'all doing the same thing? Are you doing the same thing? You're trying to build confidence in next year. W- where are the release dates for next year, by the way? Do you have any? Do you have any? Remember all of the talk about how there's no roadmap and, and PlayStation has no games. Where's Where are the dates? There are four games coming out next year, and we don't have dates. That's If that's not a problem, if that's not a problem, great. Then be consistent. If it's not a problem that Xbox hasn't given you any dates for next year, then it's also not a problem that we don't have hard dates also for certain aspects of whatever PlayStation is doing next year or Nintendo. You don't have any dates. So it's like, well, if you're going to demand something from one platform, why aren't you demanding it from the other? And again... My concern is the 2024 on the trailer is an insistence from Xbox, not Ninja Theory being like, oh no, we can we can for sure get this game out next year. You don't even have a window? You don't think that the average developer in the final 12 months of their game coming out, you don't think they have a window to market projection in the final year? Xbox definitely... Uh, be having BS, but Halo is probably the only game I can say tried and is doing something. Okay, okay, so now we're finding some common ground here, E-Man. Listen to me. I wasn't wailing on Halo. I was saying there's a pattern of Xbox doesn't seem to know what the studios are doing. They got heavily involved with Starfield. We can we can throw out theories as to why. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm tired of talking about what happened with that game. It's I'm tired of it, right? We might even have to do a show on it because there's new stuff coming out. But we're finding some common ground here because I think you heard me speaking about Halo and you just misfired. You're just like you're just a you're just an Xbox hater. You're just a Halo hater. No, I'm not. I'm not at all. I played that game for a month. I did community game nights every Friday with this with this with the members here. What I was saying is how in the world did Halo get to that point? Where is the oversight? Are you not paying attention to your teams? It was in 2019 that it became 
discovered that Halo was in a, in a point of crisis, and they brought in Staten. It took that. It took that long. It took a really bad trailer to wake you up. Like, what? And you're saying, uh, E-Man, E-Man dummy, you're saying the lack of hearing about Gears has you worried? Not me. Not me. Let him cook. Let him, let him cook. Don't, don't let him come out. Don't let him come out and show anything. Let it, let him be close to release before you say a, say a word. I don't want to know anything until you're within like the year it's going to come out. Cause you're going to do the same thing you're doing with Hellblade. You're going to come out too early. What did he say to everyone in chat? Everyone in chat acting like females. It's okay to have a debate. I've been watching fam since D2. Not trying to paint a pick on you. Trust me. I know you've been through. All right. Well, then just chill on the chill on the diatribes. Like I'm just like hating on uh, Halo or something. You know, it was clear I wasn't talking about Halo being permanently bad. I just, to me. To act like all is forgiven because Halo has one. Halo's having their best season. I would say Halo Infinite's having their best season. We're gonna act like that's that's them cooking. Are you freaking kidding me? We don't even know what they're gonna do with Infinite as a piece of property. We have no idea. I have my theories. I have my theories that the game is already out to pasture and they're just using it as a testing ground for the next game. That's fine. I think that that's fine. I actually think that's a good use of their time. I think they're going to funnel everything into an Unreal environment and they're going to basically launch alongside of whatever uh, certain affinity is working on. And I think they're using the current game now to test uh, content flow and structure and player feedback. It's just text, I'm sorry, it was a bit aggressive. That's my childhood game. Homie, it's not my childhood game, and I got behind. I was in that game's corner cheering it on. I was in the corner, but like, yeah, come on, Halo. This is it. There's something special about Halo. And that game fell flat on its face, bro. And everyone wants to act like it was fine or it was good, and it just didn't have good live service support. And I'm like, that has got to be one of the most reductionist summaries of what happened with that dadgum game. It was so obviously not ready to go and that's the bigger question I always feel like we ask the wrong questions it's not well how do they fix it because everybody just immediately starts talking about like well all they got to do is start getting those seasons out on time pump the brakes hang on a minute how did we even get here how did this even happen it's 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 halo right and I know, and I know, I know, I know, I know, every time I get on these subjects, I am going to be called, well, see, he's just hating on Xbox. It's like, no, I'm not. I am literally saying these are all of the marks of systemic trouble. Halo gets to a point where they're in a crisis and Xbox seemingly has no idea and a really bad trailer alerts them to the fact that this game can't come out. Oh my gosh. Look at the public criticism. Redfall internally mock reviews higher than it should have. How does that happen? How does Forza Motorsport launch in the state that it launched in? Don't tell me about the awards and the review scores. The users are rejecting that game. 
It's nowhere to be seen on player charts, and its score is abysmal. It got an award, and the Metacritic, who cares about that if the users aren't playing it and it's scoring poorly? How are these games launching in these states? Who's got oversight? Who's checking in with the studios? If no one's been consistently checking in with Ninja Theory, and they're pushing that release date the same way they pushed the 2022 showcase to be like, here's everything coming out in the next 12 months, and it didn't. My question is, instead of wailing on me with with things ripped from context, because I guess that makes you feel good for a little bit of, of a moment, maybe have some accountability with Xbox. They can just consistently tell you things are going to happen and then they don't happen. Well, why is that okay? And why am I a hater for holding them accountable? I don't understand that at all. Is it just I hold them accountable for what happened with Halo, what happened with Redfall, what happened with Forza Motorsport. I hold them accountable with what happened with the showcase and the promise of all these games coming in the next 12 months. And that's all hate. And it's like, well, I'm sorry for having standards. Getting nervous about Hellblade? I am getting nervous about Hellblade. They don't have a release date. They're on the runway to the game coming out. Talk to any developer. And if you ask them this question, if your game is within 10 to 11 months of launching, don't you have a pretty good idea of of the date or the window that it can come out? You're, you're within 10 months of the game coming out. And you don't, we don't, we don't have a date. You, you can't even say winter or fall of 2024. The only thing I'll leave room for is they want it to be a surprise. Like they want to bring it to the Xbox showcase in the summer and be like, and it comes out in two weeks. Like that's the only thing I'll leave room for is They're going vague and generic now so they can leverage it as a surprise later. Because the four games that are supposed to be coming next year, Flight Sim, Avowed, Towerborn, and Hellblade 2, we don't have dates for. And now, on the one hand, you could say, yeah, that's because they're the one they're the four four games every quarter at quality. So it stands to reason that the biggest and the baddest in the bunch would be Hellblade 2, so that's your fourth quarter game. What are okay, then your first three quarters, who's who's coming and when? Now I could see Towerborn being the one that they drop in the middle of a showcase. They do like a developer direct and they let you play Towerborn that day. I could see Towerborn being their hi-fi rush next year. Like they're not necessarily going to shadow drop it because you know Towerborn's coming. Hi-fi rush literally came out of left field. So I could see Towerborn being their first quarter game. They drop it all of a sudden. But then what about the other three? What about Flight Sim, Avowed, and Hellblade 2? Are you just saving that? Like, are we saving it for surprises? Are the release dates not locked in? Like, again, I said this when Phil Spencer pushed for that. He's, I want one game every quarter at quality. I said, that's a concern. Because that's not how developers operate. A developer isn't like, okay, corporate overlord structure will get in line with that. That's not how projects come to market. They're like, this is how long the project's going to take. So 
let me just give an example. What if what if both Towerborn and Avowed can't come out until third quarter next year? Because that's just where their timelines ended up. What are you going to do in that scenario? Somebody's got to come out earlier. Somebody's got to come out before they're ready. Don't you see? That That's what I've been trying to drive at. It's like I've never put it into words like this, but expecting four studios to line up their launch schedules with this one big game per quarter at quality, I could see it being more reasonable in 2026 going forward because they'll own enough studios that they'll be able to cast this wide net and say, Who's got what and what's your timeline? And they could start to make approximations because they'll have so many studios and so many projects. Right now, I'm like, what in the world? How, how, how are you doing this? How are you getting the studios behind the studios behind Hellblade 2, Avowed, Towerborn, and Flight Sim? How are you getting them to all line up with this? Because it seems like that's just not my understanding of developers. That's not how it works. They're not like, well, when do you want the game? They're like, this is when the game can show up. You see more PS5s in pawn shops or Walmarts than Xbox, I won't lie to you. What? What, You're going to pawn shops and what, like adding up the number of PS5s? I'm not hating on consoles, but it's a lie to tell the truth. Rockstar makes a good game, yes, but they're usually heavy to run on PC. Try running Red Dead Redemption 2 on PC unless you have a 4080. Which, oh, what are, what are you guys talking about? Oh, could GTA 6 have a performance mode on the pro version? Yeah, a whole other debate. A whole other debate. PS5 Pro stats are going to leak any day now, apparently. Sane, you bring up a good point. That's actually fair. The new Call of Duty covers one quarter. That's fair. That's fair. And Call of Duty's usually fourth quarter. I'm, I, I don't know. I feel like Hellblade gets delayed out of next year. Unless they're doing some surprise launch in the middle. They want to they wanna bring it to this, the, the, the summer showcase and be like, and you can play it in two weeks. Like, I'm there. It just hasn't been in full production long enough, man. That's my biggest concern. Full production hadn't even started in the middle of 2021. That's been my concern of Hellblade. Do you remember? Zach Smith with a gifted member. Thank you so much. Do you remember how many of those sock accounts, those those Xbox, those accounts where it's, you know, it's just somebody who likes to troll or whatever. How many of them were insisting that Hellblade was coming this year? Do you remember that? Do you remember earlier this year, that was constantly said, oh yeah, Hellblade's coming this year. It's going to be at the showcase. Hellblade's coming this year. And I was like, I was like panicking. I was like, no, don't you do that. That, no, that's, it's not coming this year. There's not been enough time. And I remember people giving me pushback on that. And I was like, they, they weren't even in full production two years ago. What are you talking about? There's only 120 of them. Just let them take the time they need. If they rush it out, we'll have another Redfall situation. 
I am 100% in support of delaying games every time. Yes, delay Hellblade if they need more time, please. Do not make them launch next year for your Game Pass cadence. If they're not ready, let them delay. It's a super ambitious title. It's in Unreal 5. There's only 120 of them. Giving them all of 2022 and all of 2023 and a portion of 2024 and a portion of 2021, right? So for all intents and purposes, we can only confirm two full years of full production. And I'm thinking to myself, that doesn't seem like enough time. How they buy the Hellblade Studio? I don't know the dates. They bought Ninja Theory... When was it? Was it 2018? I can't remember when they bought uh, when they bought them. Xbox buys Ninja Theory. Um, 117 million. In June of 2018, it was officially announced that Ninja Theory had entered into an agreement to be acquired by Microsoft. Yeah, 2018, because it was the following year, 2019, they announced Hellblade, two, which just. <laughs> I just hope that again I just hope that the marketing is not being driven by that desperation to say something we saw those emails Phil Spencer's like put together a plan this year's terrible we gotta have a strong showing and they walk out in the showcase and they basically promise a bunch of stuff that doesn't happen they, they spoke completely out of turn everything you saw in this showcase is coming in the next 12 months dude Silk Song was in that showcase come on bro Come on. T- to me, what that is, is it's like it's a, it's a it's like it's marketing that's being driven by corporate decisions to maybe satisfy investors or something. I don't know. It's like I felt like even in the wake of that, even Phil Spencer was like, we need to stop doing this. And it's like, what do you mean? You're the one that spearheaded it. To be fair, Redfall is better now, but too little too late, and most people just don't care about it anymore. I I, I know there was an article from in, uh, Oh, we have some um, Oh, that's a message. Uh, thank you so much. Somebody ordered a stainless steel th- uh, tumbler and some Frick Mist. It looks like you're I switch you'll have to cancel the you'll have to cancel the order it looks like you bought the roast tumbler instead of the gaming tumbler yeah you'll have to switch I can cancel your order and let it what you um creature may have already done it I can just cancel your order and then you can just do it again I'll just go on the back end here and do that for you I see your order right here um, or I'll just have I might I just might have creature do it. I don't I've never canceled an order on the back end. We've never done this. I can fulfill. I can request fulfillment. I can create a shipping label. Um, I can hit refund. Yeah, I'll just refund your uh. I can just refund the tumbler 
I can just refund the tumbler and then uh, and then you can y'all just I can just ship you the frickmas like normal. Okay, there we go. I just refunded the tumbler instead of the coffee. So the coffee order is still good, but I refunded your tumbler. I believe it was twenty five dollars. So you can now go order the one that you want. You should get a notification. It told me that it was going to notify you. <laughs> Never done that before. Very seamless and easy. That was awesome. Redfall's another one they should have just delayed. It is in better shape now. Actually pretty good to play overall, but it never should have launched like it did because the damage was done. Yeah, okay, so let's yeah, let's talk about that. This is all related to Hellblade, by the way. Um, guys, we typically go to an upload at noon. That's in about 15 minutes. We haven't yet hit the, the member goal yet today, so help us hit that creature. I'll need the thumbnail uh, for the debrief. I have an upload today about the day before because I did play it. And I wanted to give one final thought video on that absolute travesty and joke of a game. Um, so, uh, but yeah, we're going to be going to that in about 13 minutes. We go to that at noon, typically every day. So you guys have a little bit of left time to hit 25. I then typically gift the members that I owe you during the premiere. That way you have the entire live stream to hit the goal. Um, okay. Yeah. So let's talk about Redfall. I feel like Redfall, if they got everything running well, it would be a solid like 7 out of 10 Game Pass game, right? And I'm not in... (laughs) I, as a consumer, am not interested in that, but at least it would have retained and offered some value to the Game Pass funnel. Patrick with a gifted member, thank you so much getting us a little bit closer the single gifteds add up and thank you so much sir for doing that like do you see how i'm slicing that like as a consumer i'm not interested in seven out of ten games to pad a subscription funnel like i just don't care about that i don't i that that's i don't want hellblade 2 to be treated in that way we'll just get it out the door we gotta you gotta hit game pass well, it's going to score low if we push it out now. It's not going to do very well. It's not polished yet, or it's certain things aren't working well, or you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, right? But I can at least see that that's a legitimate business strategy to say we're going to, you know, we're going to have studios that push out games that land more in the seven out of ten range. And that's okay because it keeps the Game Pass funnel. It keeps the Game Pass funnel going. Playing finals this weekend. It's games like that uh, that make me wish split screen was still had a thing. Yeah, I just don't have any time for it. Split screen was fun. Another gifted from Mr. J. Thank you so much, Mr. J, for getting us to 14 members on the day. Thank you very, very much. Microsoft has some serious intellectual property now. Um, that's why I said I think the the game every quarter at quality from Xbox, I think that's more possible starting in like 2025 because they're going to have so many studios in their pocket. Like there'll be no excuse on two fronts. There'll be no excuse. Number one. There'll be no excuse to not have a game out every quarter. And number two, 
there will be no excuse to rush a game out every quarter. You've got way too much property to do that. A single gifted from Zubair, and he lays it up for 15 out of 25. We'll see if we can't tempt one of the big boys to drop a 10 bomb. Thank you so much, Zubair. Glad people are calling out this nonsense. Imagine developing a franchise that birthed the most toxic generation of gamers and not being able to take a lighthearted roast. He's 100% correct. Yeah, I tweeted about the, the Christopher Judge thing. I said, soft like bread. The devs that got all upset about his joke, you're just soft like bread, dude. Like, it was such a harmless joke. It's such a harmless joke. What's what's more offensive than his joke is that you sold something for $70 that was maybe $30 worth of content. And and John Linneman from Digital Foundry interacted with my tweet and said it was a, it was a crummy situation because it wasn't really on the devs, it was on the leadership. And I'm like, okay, well then talk about that. Don't Don't go after Christopher Judge. You know what I mean? For a harmless joke. I'm not saying that, that John Linneman went after it. What I'm saying is the developers should be talking about that. That, yeah, the game's low quality. We, we pushed something out before. We, we pushed DLC out at full price. That wasn't our choice. Instead of going after a guy for a lighthearted joke. Rissick comes in with a gifted member and takes us to 16. Thank you so much, Rissick. Let me get all... The, I, gotta get, I gotta get this stuff scheduled. Give me one. Well, I, don't, I can keep talking while I'm doing it. And a 10 bomb comes in from Rissick. He sets up his own 10 bomb agent of chaos dunk. This guy does it with style. Thank you so much, Rissick. I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that before. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm going to do a plus one and then I'm going to drop the 10 bomb. All right. Doing it with style. Rissick. I love it. All right. <clears throat> I like to see people like Donnie getting a membership too. Donnie from Pure Dead Gaming. Guys, check out the Pure Dead Gaming podcast. I did a show with them uh, a while back, and it was a real treat. They're real nice guys, so be sure to check them out. Okay, here we go. Uh, hang on. We are going to debrief on this uh, the day before video. Uh, that's going to go live in about eight minutes. And uh, we do that with members. So if you're a new, if you're one of the new members today, you might get a membership during the premiere. So we're going to head over to that premiere uh, in just a few moments here. So if you're one of the lucky people that gets a membership uh, today, you can come with us to that debrief. The price actor was not having any of that nonsense. He was taking direct shots at Chris Judge. Like... He was angry and talking smack, or he was just like in entering into the banter. The 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 voice actor for Price. You shoot up an airport of civilians in our game just because. Oh, our fields got hurt at the awards. Well, I don't necessarily think the artistic vision of a game being brutal or violent is necessarily meaning that they don't have feelings and aren't human beings. Like, if he would have went up on stage and been like, can you believe that joke of a game Call of Duty? All those developers should quit the business. Well, I think that would have been over the line. And I don't think we would justify his remarks by being like, well, no, that's fine because they make a violent video game. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't think, I don't, 
I don't think we can separate those two things and be like, oh, they they should be we should be able to make fun of them because they make a violent video game. I don't find that to be a logically coherent defense of his joke. I think you can defend his joke because it was harmless and it was accurate. It was like, it's a short campaign, bro. It's historically the shortest campaign ever. He takes a dig at himself about his his speech being long, and then he jokes that it was longer than the Call of Duty campaign. Like, grow the frick up. It's a joke. Soft like bread. Like, come on. What business are you in? And then... I don't even want to do a... I don't even want to do an article or, or, or a showcase on it, but I love watching... I love watching the games media, which is captive to publishers and developers, and they won't cross them for fear of being blacklisted. I love that just absolutely culture of cowardice calling Jeff Keighley a coward. Like, that to me was the height of hypocrisy. It's like the entire games media is guilty so often of journalistic malpractice, not properly investigating situations, not accurately reporting on situations, or ignoring situations. It's like you're captive to these publishers and developers. You have no throne to stand on no white tower to speak from about Jeff Keighley being cowardly about not letting people talk long enough or being beholden to advertising like so many of these outlets are beholden to the publishers and developers and they won't say a thing to cross them they don't want to get on the naughty list so I don't want to hear it from any of these games media outlets that are insistently and consistently off the mark because they don't want to end their good relationship with the developer or publisher. Hearing you wax eloquent and self-righteous about Jeff Keighley's cowardice is an insult to anybody's intelligence. They've got no room to speak about cowardice. It sickened me over the weekend. It's like, this guy builds this big grand stage and this big awesome event. He gets one of the musicians to chart on some, on some chart somewhere. Like, they, they're, they're, they're now more well-known and more popular, and they're going to make a ton of money. And he gives the platform to, like, small indie studios and developers that we'd never hear of. But we're going to get all indignant and self-righteous because, well, the, the, the speeches were a little too short. Be quiet. Like... It's unnerving. It's like the games industry has got a long way to go if our own media can't can't talk about something with self-control and emotional stability. You got to call his moral compass into question and call him a coward. Stab the man in the back. Then it's like, where were you when bad things happened in 2020? Where were you when all this misconduct at all these companies happened and you wouldn't bite the hand that feeds you? And then you want to turn around and, and, and roast this guy because the speeches were a little too short. He admits the speeches are too short within hours of the criticism hitting the public airwaves. But that doesn't mean we don't spend the entire weekend eviscerating the man. Unbelievable. In my opinion, I think they're just they're just speed running their own irrelevancy. That's what I think. I think a lot of these outlets are just speed running their own irrelevancy. It's like you're going to take a shot at this guy because of his event. Instead of just saying, hey, good event, but we really feel like the speeches should have been longer. Like, do what I did. Add up the math, crunch the numbers, and I was like, all you had to do was cut the Kojima segment in half, and your 10 acceptance speeches could have been twice as long a piece. 
a full minute of airtime is plenty of time for somebody to thank everybody involved, say they love their wife or their husband or their girlfriend or their children, and then get off the stage. Like, you can't have this big elongated speech because the lion's share of the audience doesn't want to hear a five-minute speech. That's why the Christopher Judge speech went down in history, because it was like, it just felt like this giant disruption of expectations. There's a way to criticize the event without coming off as self-righteous and judgmental. People were talking about the event in such high... It was like, it was so hyperbolic. It was so hyperbolic. It was like, they acted like he walked out on stage and smacked a child on the mouth and said, you know, we don't support feeding orphans. It was like, that's not what the man did. He just logistically structured the show in a way that didn't give enough time for speeches because last year that was one of the main criticisms and he also has bills to pay. Like, it's expensive to put on an event like that. So he's got a lot of people to include. And I think his biggest mistake was just being too self-indulgent with Kojima. Kojima should have been on stage for half the time. Kojima didn't even have anything to show or talk about. He spoke in generalities. He didn't say anything. And I loved Kojima. I loved him being there. I was excited to see him, excited to hear about the next project. It's a big win for Xbox. But it's like, they, he and Jordan Peele didn't say anything. And like, they, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't say anything. They just said, this game's going to be amazing. It's not going to be a game. It's not going to be a movie. It's not going to be either. It's going to be a bit of both, and it's going to be amazing. It's like, I get that. Okay, you know, but that that doesn't take eight minutes to communicate. <clears throat> okay, in 60 seconds, we are going to go over to the day before. I argue in this video that the game is still fake. Yeah, they they launched a game. They did. They, they launched a game. Uh, um, but it's still fake. So I'm gonna put a link in chat. I'm also going to uh to redirect uh to the video. Um, so when this stream ends, you guys will get sent to the video. Okay, if redirect doesn't work, then you can use the link in chat or. Or it will be the featured video on the channel. I will gift the members that I owe you when we get over there. Thanks so much for a great show today, but we're not done. If you're a member, you can keep hanging out after this upload. Everybody should go watch the video, though. You might get a gifted member. I'll see you over there.